everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 218. Hooray! Yay. I'm struggling to do the the introductions these days because I get to, hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number. And then I think, <laughs> am I just going to go 218 or 218? Two, is... 218. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, because you get to and you go another episode, and you're like, oh, it's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are all like roughly two hours long maybe an hour and a half two hours long so you multiply, about... multiply that by 218 that's how much you your about... life you've spent talking <laughs> you can you're one of, the, one of the few people we're two of the few people that could probably sit and calculate you know almost exactly how much time we've spent talking to each other <laughs> like oh, in yeah. real like voice to voice because we don't see each other that much in person these days so yep <laughs> we just do the maths and go ah yes we yep. make her up this many hours of social time yes one of these days we're going to do it and it's just we're going to be like marvin the paranoid androids like, i'm so depressed <laughs> one of these days after the end of the world we're going to be the only two people left and we're still just going to be like all right Let's talk about video games, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, did you manage to uh, find all the food we need to survive? No, but I did finish Project <laughs> X Zone 2. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I managed to find the 3DS charger. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, we have got quite a lot of video games to talk about this week because we didn't record a show last week because of real life and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So let's just crack on. And Kieran, why don't you start us off with, I think it's probably the, I was going to say the newest game, but I don't think it is the newest one you've been playing anymore. You've been playing some Anthem. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not the newest game this list anymore. But yeah, so Anthem came out last week, I think, two weeks yes. ago. Um, and I picked it up primarily to play cooperative with a couple of people that I usually play co-op games with. Um, and I've played through, I don't know, probably about four hours of the campaign. I see campaign uh -huh. is a bit confusing to try and nail down things like that with this game. It has a bunch of main story missions, but there's not a lot of story to them. Like, it's not... It's not the kind of big story run, you know, Bioware game that you would kind of hope from Bioware game, right? Um, but what Anthem is is like this weird kind of. At times, it feels unfinished or at least kind of slightly rushed, despite how many years it's been in development. Uh, kind of Destiny style, uh, loot shooter. Right. So, sorry, I just got really confused there because I have my Apple Watch sitting upside down on my desk and it just a bright green light just turned on the bottom of it. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Calling home. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's heard me talk about Anthem and it's like, we must activate the Anthem. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a Destiny style kind of loot shooter, but it's third person and it plays a lot like how the shooting in Mass Effect Andromeda played. But right, better than that, which is fine because the shooting in Mass Effect Andromeda was kind of the one thing they nailed in that game. 
but this one has that kind of stuff and then also all this kind of traversal stuff to it so you're playing as a freelancer which is basically a person that wears an iron man suit um, right and at the start of the game you get to choose between one of four iron man suits you can have the iron man suit or i guess it'd be closer to say war machine because he looks like iron man but he shoots like missiles and stuff out um, right okay there's a Hulkbuster suit that is straight up just a Hulkbuster suit. <laughs> um, there's a kind of magey one called the Storm, uh, which kind of looks like Iron Man with a cloak. <laughs> it's it's quite good. Um, and then probably my favorite of the designs of them, not my favorite to play as, but my favorite of the designs is the Interceptor, which if you haven't seen it, you should look up the design of the Interceptor from this game because it's this really kind of like sleek, like sportsy looking one. It looks right. like it looks like fucking Nike made an Iron Man suit. It's <laughs> it's really nice, but it looks like it should be out like competing in the Iron Man Olympics, not you know flying around doing this stuff. Um, right. Be choose one of those, and you each of them have like unique abilities, and uh, they. It's weird because you don't like level up abilities and stuff like that everything's based around loot kind of like a diablo style game and uh you find loot for abilities so for example the storm has everyone really has an l1 and r1 kind of two special abilities for the the storm one of them's usually like a kind of heavy damage attack and one's a kind of uh faster fire attack and then you find uh loot that is new spells basically to replace those ones and they'll be higher level and they'll have different perks and stuff on them and you'll get rare ones and common ones and so on so that i think that's quite interesting i like i like that way of doing it that kind of you know it's like if in diablo when you're playing as like a wizard or something like that like that your skills were loot that you could pick up and so you'd get better versions of those same skills yeah, rather than okay. going through a skill tree like i really like that i've mostly been playing as a colossus recently um, because I just think he's the most fun of all the mechs to play as, because even though this is primarily like a third-person shooter, the Colossus is this big Hulkbustery armored tanky thing. Uh, and instead of having like everyone has a kind of kind of like a Mass Effect, you have like a health bar and then you have like a shield bar, a kind of biotic uh -huh. shield basically. Uh, he doesn't have that shield bar. He has an actual physical shield that you press a bit, a button to pull out and it'll block bullets and stuff. But then you can sprint holding that shield and you basically just turn it into a bulldozer and you will one-shot enemies and just knock them flying about and stuff. And so I was playing this with uh, Nathan, friend of the show, and one of the missions we were doing had this kind of like pillar area with these kind of um, raised areas around it and then this kind of like valley basically between these raised areas and the pillar in the center so this kind of like circle basically and the mission was basically just like fend off the enemies that were coming into this little circle in the middle and so me and nathan were both playing as these colossus characters and our allies are like standing on the pillars like shooting down at enemies and we both jump down there pull out our shields and run in opposite like clockwise directions like one of us counterclockwise one is clockwise and we just run right. in circles through all the enemies killing everything <laughs> just <laughs> turn it into this like fucking food processor that's just us going around destroying all these things <laughs> and it's really fun um 
so I've had a lot of fun with it, but then the thing that falls apart is none of these missions actually feel particularly interesting. All of the world looks very similar. Like, it looks nice, but it's, it's all very samey looking. And all the missions are basically just fly here, kill some enemies, sometimes stand next to a thing for a bit, and also kill enemies. But the enemy encounters themselves aren't interesting enough to really hold it together. Like, the enemy encounters are... The enemies are just dumb. Like, they barely have any AI. Sometimes they'll... Sh well, most of the time they'll shoot at you, but they just stand there and shoot at you. Right. And so it's really easy just to be like, well, okay, if I'm playing as a storm, I'm just dropping fucking lightning bolts down from the sky on them. I'm done. There's no... No real interesting things. Like, some of the bigger enemies are... They soak some more attacks, but they're not usually particularly interesting to fight. And again, they're not particularly smart. They'll just kind of walk towards you. Um, it's it's weird. I've not finished it yet. From what I've heard, like the end game doesn't sound like it's going to change up that much. But right. Uh, and then like the whole structure, it like this game feels like somewhere down the line. If we if we like if uh Jason Schreier from like Kotaku or like someone from Polygon or something like that goes and gets like some kind of fucking in depth. This is how this game was made. Feature done. And that feature said this started as a single player game. We added co-op to it and then we were told from higher up you should probably expand on that and make it a Destiny game. I'd believe it. Right, okay. Because there's entire sections of this game that were clearly not designed around multiplayer. And then in entire sections around this game that were clearly designed around multiplayer that if you play them single player don't work. So, uh, for example, there's a hub area. Like a, a town you go back to. Like, you know, in Dab Diablo 3, you go back to the town to, you know, sell your stuff and craft things and things like that. Yeah, basically, yeah. Basically one of those. You go there, uh, it's where you get all your missions. And so you go there, collect missions, talk to people. It's got the more bioware thing. Like, there's conversations everywhere. You can go talk to people and that stuff's pretty well written for the most part. Um, right, okay. It's well voice acted and stuff. It's not... None of it feels super essential. It's kind of a bit disappointing in a lot of ways because what what lore is there for this world sounds really interesting. It feels like they designed a really... They wrote a really cool world and then the actual story they're telling in it doesn't seem to be particularly good. Um, but yeah, this hub area is just... You wander around in first person for some reason. It's the only part of the game that's in first person. You walk around really slowly in first person through this city... Right, uh, talking to people, collecting missions. There's some shops you can go to, things like that. Uh, I found two shops so far, and they seem to just open the same menu regardless, which is odd. Um, <laughs> it's like, why is there two of them? I don't know if they sell maybe slightly different stuff, but it it looks the same. Right. Uh, but then, if you want to start a mission, you have to walk all the way back to the the launch platform that has your mech suit on. So no matter where you are in the city, you have to walk all the way back. And also, you're always playing that area in single player. So even if you're part of a group, you all go back to your own separate instance of this thing. Right, okay. Which is just kind of weird. Um, compared to something like Destiny, uh, where, and also I think Diablo 3 did this. I didn't really play as much Diablo 3 co-op as I probably should have. Uh, but in Destiny, at least, when you went back to the tower, everyone went back to the tower. And... This one's very much just like, you go into this hub area and you do the single player bit, basically. This is the single player. You'll never encounter people here. Right. And it's odd. 
and it doesn't it feels like a different game uh and then the bit that it feels like they tacked multiplayer onto it afterward or didn't tack multiplayer but they changed course and then didn't roll all those features back into the single player stuff is like what i just said if you're in single player and you go into that city and then you want to go on a mission you have to walk all the way back to your mech suit if you're in a multiplayer group even though none of your group are there you can hold triangle to open up the mission menu and start a mission from there but only if you're in a multiplayer group right and it's like so why yeah it seems like like you said that they've just taken two games and stitched them together kind of yeah and then that would be fine if the the core mission design was good enough but i just don't feel like it is right and it's one of those things where i think they'll probably get there i think this is one of those games that they're going to upgrade over time it's worth remembering stuff like destiny one was bad at pants lunch. yeah it was bad um it got there it took two games and like four expansions but it got there um that's nah, a bit of an exaggeration i like destiny 2 at launch um but it's this is not there anthem is not there and it's one of those things right. where that's somewhat acceptable in that this is their first attempt it's kind of not acceptable in that destiny 2 is there division is there and the division 2 is coming out next month and will probably by all accounts launch as good as destiny as good as the division is now right so the idea that bioware like all right well here's our one it's kind of like on par to what they were at launch it's like yeah but that was like four years ago man yeah <laughs> you can't do that. and also the, the thing is how much does it cost to buy yeah it's a full price game it's yeah. yeah that's i still have issues with that yeah i know these games are you know they're, they're highly modifiable and they change them and you're going to get a fantastic experience but you know, it's yeah, it's expecting you to take a, a leap of faith. Yes. I definitely the thing that I think about these kind of like games as a service games is I feel like I get why they do them this way where they, I don't think they intentionally launch a bad feeling game I'm, and then fix it. But they do. Like they launch a bad or a mediocre game and then fix it. I think yeah. the way that this games a service as a concept is not a bad concept, but it's very tainted by the fact that these games keep launching in mediocre states and then they patch them and make them better. Whereas what should be happening is they launch a good game and then they make it better over time. Yes, yeah. Um, which is debatable, but I think Battlefield Five is to some degree doing that because Battlefield Five launched is a really good game, but even then the issue with it is there's not enough of it and they're fixing it over time making it better but it was at least a really good game to start with yeah but i don't know we'll just need to see i think that division two is probably going to be one of those ones that ends up being i think ubisoft's got their shit together so i think the division two will launch and will just be there from the start and then they will patch uh -huh. it over time and make it even better and it has potential to be like the best one of these but right anthem is not there yet which is a shame because it has really good elements to it and there's so many like things that seem like they would be easy kind of not easy but you know smart wins that they should have done at launch like in terms of like customizing your uh your character or your mech 
you can change the guns, you can change all the skills and stuff like that, and you can it's got really in depth uh like customization for painting your mech. Right. Like, like if you want to paint it the Iron Man colours, it will give you it gives you a good breakdown of like eight or nine different sections of the mech that you can paint. So Right. You could probably make it look like Iron Man if you wanted. I've seen a really good Optimus Prime going around. Um I didn't really use any of that. I just painted my Hulkbuster suit bright green and then paid not real money but in-game money to buy a sticker that gave me the N7 stripe and logo from Mass Effect and stuck that on All top right, of it. Okay. So I've got a really dumb looking frog that's got N7 stuff on it. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but, you, but if you wanted to go customize it, you could do that. But then in terms of actual look of your mech, there's like two or so two or three different alternate pieces for each part of it so like the helmet and the the arms and the shoulders stuff like that but that's kind of it like it's you're not finding armor i think in an ideal game this would have leaned more into the kind of diablo stuff and you'd be finding armor for your your mech suit but right that's not i suppose the the beauty of it though is that it could still go that way it could It, it has the hooks in there to do it because again the you can replace those parts. It's just it's very limited what you can replace them with. I could totally see them yeah. getting to the end of the year and going, here's the DLC that adds fucking a thousand pieces of armor to the loot pool and you'll just find them. But by that point, I don't know what the end game of this is. So I guess I can't really talk about it because I've not got there yet. But right. in terms of the like core kind of loop of the game, it seems like that you would have to be repeating a lot of stuff. That's usually how these games go. And I don't know if there's anything in there I'd want to repeat just now. Right, okay. It's Yeah, it does seem a bit strange. Uh, you know, you keep talking about a game and using it as a reference point, and that's Diablo. And Diablo 3 has been around for how long now? Yeah, ages. Yeah, so... If it can't do what that game, that and I don't mean for it to copy it, but if it's struggling to do what that game does in certain aspects and carry, you know, to carry the whole experience over, mm-hmm. that's a little bit worrying for a full price game these days. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I, they're big AAA games, so whatever the way they're developed is very unique. But yes, the the even the closer comparison to them would probably be like borderlands like borderlands did this shit like borderlands 1 and 2 nailed this last generation yeah and they were they were solid single players as well exactly yeah anthem you can technically play anthem in single player but by default it match makes you every time you go into a match yeah we see that tends to be my issue these days when i get a chance to play games it's not always at the same time as yourself and paul Mm-hmm. and the rest of the people that we play games with so a lot of times i will need to work through something single player and then when we play multiplayer it's it's more for fun you're not really playing the, the story mode and you're just yeah, screwing you're around in the world yeah. Nothing, yeah um so the fact that anthem it it's not built that way yet yeah or it may, fact, some stuff yeah. some stuff might open up at the end of the game that's like that but so far, the 
Well, so far I've not actually done any missions that seem repeatable. So mm-hmm. I guess even then I don't know. But I assume after yeah. you finish the story, it goes, here's things you can repeat to get better loot, because otherwise, what is this game? Uh, yeah. I would assume that's how it goes. Yeah, it's, I think I'll wait and see on that one. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those games where I don't think I'd recommend it just now. Like, I'm enjoying it. Like, as, as negative as I'm being, I'm being negative because I enjoy it, but it has issues. And I don't think yeah. I can recommend it. It's, uh, wait and see. I think they will probably fix it and it will be worth buying. And I think they will right. make they will make a big PR hubbub about it when they do. Yeah, like you you won't need to look for it. They will tell you. <laughs> they will let you know. EA has a lot of marketing money and yes. a lot invested in this. Oh god, yeah. They'll be sky right, and they'll be <laughs> they will <laughs> exactly. actually build these Hulk busters, and they'll That's they'll it, fly yeah. to a town near you. <laughs> That's it. Um, the actually the one last thing I'm going to say about Anthem is the best part of this entire game is the animation for going into the mission select screen which is like I said you walk up to your mech on the platform but like your mech opens up in the back like it kind of you know it has like a door basically that opens up and then you like climb into it in first person which I presume is the reason that they made that whole section in first person is just for this animation and it's great it's just this like claustrophobic thing of you climbing into this fucking mech suit. It's really good. Right. And it's all like padded cool. on the inside. It's great. Um, But yes. Anthem. Maybe skip it for now. But keep an eye on it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like it. Um, But in other games for something that is much better written. You played Florence recently. Oh god yes I did. Game of the Year nominated. Yes, I can't yeah. remember if we gave it anything, but we probably did because it was great. I th- no, I don't think we did because I, I think, think at the did, time yeah. you were the you were the only person that had played it. Um, oh. You spoke extensively in one of the moments. Yes, yes, in, in moment of year. So, so for anyone that hasn't listened to our Game of the Year podcast yet, or is not too sure what Florence is. It's a first-time game from a Australian developer, I think they are. Oh, I have no idea. Um, and it's basically a story... Yeah, it's a story game about love. Uh, and it follows the, the, the relationship of a girl called Florence, and she meets somebody... And the relationship develops. The gameplay part of it is very... It's its loosely a game. It's, it's more... It's a cross between game and art. So the, the gamey parts that you're playing are you'll see a conversation between the two characters and it's speech bubbles and they're like jigsaw pieces and mm-hmm. you, you build the little jigsaw pieces up. There's other parts of the game where a part of the relationship is you're you're moving you, you, you know you're leaving your one flat and you you've got a little box and you take things out of the box because you've moved and you put them into the new home mm-hmm. and you can decide whether to put stuff in a shelf uh, or just store some of the stuff things like that so it's not you know there's not puzzles that are going to tax you and things like that but it's more about the experience and the game has 
it's the combination of the story, the music, and just the whole look. And it is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And it pulls at your your heartstrings. It's got emotional moments through it. It is one one of the best, if not the best, instances I've seen of a video game trying to handle and describe a relationship and how a relationship works. Yes, it's definitely the most realistic of... I mean, there's plenty of games that we don't play that definitely cover this kind of thing. Um, right. Mostly kind of like visual novel kind of things and a lot of things on like HIO and stuff. But in terms yeah. of like a big mainstream release thing, yeah, this is like the it's weird it's one of those ones where it's most relationships in games are very much like when people get together it's this you know whirlwind of everyone's fucking madly in love blah 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 blah. and when it falls apart it's the most absolutely devastating thing ever or it's the person is super empowered and doesn't give a shit and moves on this is yeah more realistic because it's kind of the in-between of that where things fall apart more naturally, not just one big event happens and everything falls apart. Like, there's a couple of things that kind of lead up to it and it's, you know, yeah, a bit more natural in that kind of way. And then when it does fall apart, it's, yeah. It's... Yeah, it was... Just, it... When it does fall apart, like you say, there's certain things that pull at your heartstrings and... Definitely. Uh... So when you spoke about it on the podcast, you, you know, you'd said that there was certain beats that it hit and, you know, you, you get quite emotional playing the game and things like that. Mm. And I had, because we're doing game of the year, I'm listening to what you're saying. And at the same time, I'm getting ready for the next, you know, the next category that we're doing. Yeah. So, you know, we're doing game of the year. It's um, so the little part of me that normally pays attention when you, recommend games and things like that half listened so i thought yeah this this sounds really good and, and uh bought the game no problems at all tried it uh the f- i played possibly the first half of it and that's all nice and the music and everything is really cool and i think i played that in the house and i thought i'll need to finish that that's what i'll do and i'm on the train on the way home from work yeah, you should, and just just as it gets to the, you know the the emotional beats as it starts to to do what it what makes it a a really good game a fantastic game, and it's like I need to finish this so I can put my phone away, but at the same time I need to make sure that I don't burst into tears at this point. <laughs> um, and the. the you know the the way that it ends everything and it ties everything up. Again, it plays on certain emotions and it tugs at certain things. And it was like, "Fuck's sake, just finish." It, it was it was quite funny afterwards. Um, but yeah, I don't recommend playing it in a public place. It's, yeah, don't do that. That's not no. a good idea. Um, but do play it. It is a really good game and. Is it three pound or four pound on somewhere uh, round about there? Something like that. It's not too expensive. Yeah, it's not too expensive at all. Uh, definitely play it. It's one of those. I'm gonna get uh, Anne to play it as well. Anne likes certain games. Uh, sometimes she'll 
get a game for a phone or something. But I think this is one she'll really like. Yeah. Um, is it just a really cool piece of art to show somebody that video games are not just, you know, jumping into a metal suit and shooting things? Yes. Because it's that um, thing where it's more story focused than even a lot of these kind of like artsy games. But yeah. it's done in such a way that the interaction is all there not necessarily to give you like the most in-depth gameplay experience but to give you enough to be involved in the story so you feel like you're a part of the story and then without going into too many specifics like one example of like just a good use of the mechanics in it is um the conversations in it when you first meet when you first meet the guy that uh the main character starts dating their conversation bubbles, like you said, are these jigsaw pieces. And to start with, they're broken up into like three or four different jigsaw pieces and you put them together and then the bubble goes up. Yeah. But then as the conversation starts getting more kind of natural and they start, you know, opening up to each other a bit more, it goes down to like, you know, two or three pieces or one piece and you're literally just dragging a bubble onto this outline of a bubble. And eventually it just does yes. it itself because it's like, now we we got this. Like the conversation's going, we got this, and it does the inverse of that later. Yes, where later on it'll break right. into smaller pieces, or the rounded edges of the jigsaw pieces get hardened, and it's smart. It's yeah. There's there's other pieces. There's variations of that whole thing, so it's not just the speech bubbles that that starts to happen mm. to, and it is really really smart. Yes, definitely. And it looks great. They are still beautiful. Yeah. And combine it with uh, just the music that they've used. Um, Yes, definitely one to play with headphones on. Yeah. One of the the hooks of the story as well is that uh, one of the characters is a musician. Yeah. And as you get to know the character, the music sort of evolves a little bit with it. It becomes more... It's just smart. I'm going to stop talking about it because... Because <laughs> yeah. it's a relatively uh, short game and we're going to end up spoiling a bunch of it if we keep going. Um, yes, yeah. Um, yes. Definitely check it out. Uh, so, that's Florence. That's really cool. Uh, let us move on to Resident Evil 2. I think we spoke briefly about the demo yeah, first, but uh, you so. have spent some time and I think you have finished it as yes, well. Yes, I finished. Well, I finished one playthrough of it. Because yes, obviously the too. Resident Evil 2 thing is you have two characters to play as and then you have B playthroughs for both of them and so on. Yes. So I played through Leon's A campaign and then a cat took over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, who's, who's just done that. <laughs> um, so I, I beat Leon's A campaign of that game, which is fantastic. Um, I didn't play a massive amount of Resident Evil 2 back in the PS1. I was never... A big Resident Evil guy, uh, uh-huh. but this might be my favorite Resident Evil game now. It's <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yes, this is one of the cats who normally doesn't uh, he doesn't bother about the podcast, but he's decided that he's going to interject into this. This time, it's like Resident Evil too. I'm in on this, um, but yeah, like. They made they remade Resident Evil Two, but this is essentially, in most cases, a new game. Like it's the same environments, the same structure, and so on. But it's over the shoulder kind of third person, like the most recent 
I say the most recent, the most recent, except for Resident Evil Seven, uh, Resident Evil uh-huh. games have been. But remember how Revelations and Revelations Two felt like they had taken the kind of Resident Evil Four style gameplay, but then actually they were leaning towards being more survival horror. Like you still had to care about your ammo and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. This goes the step further, and this is just this is every bit as much a survival horror game as those PS One games. If not Excellent. more so, like it is, the zombies take several headshots to go down, and then even once they're right. down, a lot of time they will get back up again later. You're going back and forth throughout the police station where Resident Evil Two is mostly set, and backtracking yeah. and going through rooms you've been through before, and you'll go through a room for a second time, and a zombie that you were sure that you'd killed before will start getting up again. Um, yeah, but then also the bodies of every zombie that you kill remains there the whole time. So oh no! So you're still wandering through rooms, and you're like, <laughs> oh, that one might get back up though. Right. And every little thing to from like, well, I need to get to the other side of this room. I'm pretty sure the two zombies at the bottom of that set of ladders are dead. But if they're not, one of them's going to grab me, and then I don't know if I've got enough green herbs to heal me. Then keep going and. Oh, it's so stressful and it's so good. And then <laughs> it's got like the kind of old school puzzles that those Resident Evil games had. Two in particular had like it has the same puzzles. It's got a lot of like you need to collect these medallions and put them into this statue to open the thing, or you need to yes uh, collect these machinery pieces to turn on the electricity in the prison to open this jail cell. And it's like, that yeah. doesn't seem like how that would work in real life, but you know what? Fuck it, it's a video game, why yeah. not? You need to collect these so... fucking fuses that are shaped like chess pieces for some reason. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I I know some of the puzzles are there, but I believe that the the solutions are not the same as in the pieces are not in the same places where they were in the yeah, original. That's what right? that's what I've heard as well. I again I've not played that much of Resident Evil 2, the old one. So I'm not 100% right. sure, but that's what I've heard. I know for sure that some things have changed or been changed between them. So, for example, um, in like one of the early trailers for the original Resident Evil 2, one of the kind of more famous sequences from Resident Evil 2 is going into the interrogation room. Yeah. And then there's the big one-way mirror uh, or two-way mirror. And like a liquor jumps through it, smashes through, scares the shit out of That's, you. Yes, uh, yeah. That doesn't happen in Leon's campaign at all. Like oh. that's, that's gone. Leon never. Leon doesn't go into that room. That room is locked with the heart-shaped key, which you only get in Claire's playthrough. Ah. Uh. But from what I understand, that does happen in Claire's campaign, <laughs> which is kind of a nice little uh. touch. Um, so there's a lot of little changes like that. Right. Do you get to choose whose campaign you play first, or yes. is it? Yeah, you get to choose. Okay, and I that's believe cool. the B playthrough for whichever other one you play as is different. Like the A playthroughs are different, and the B playthroughs are different, from what I understand. Um, yes. Yeah. So same as the the original, you could play through the game four, you know, four times at least. Yeah. And yeah. then there was other characters that you could unlock and find as well i think i ended up playing through resident evil 2 i think it was six times i will probably end up playing through all four of the campaigns for this and then i might buy the dlc that has because they've they've got dlc that adds additional stuff as well 
Uh, actually, I may have already bought it. Now I think about it, because I bought a DLC pack that had the. I wanted the extra costumes because you can pay money for costumes and. Yes. Yeah. I wanted in my Claire playthrough. I wanted to run around in the suit that she has that is called the Noir suit, but it's just great. Um, right. But the just the thing that makes this game so great more than even all that stuff like all that stuff is amazing like on its own that would be a fantastic Resident Evil game is uh-huh. they did the thing that they have done for the last couple of these games like the Resident Evil games and the thing that made for example Alien Isolation really good which is they have a big nemesis like thing this this presence uh, he was in Resident Evil 2, I believe, uh, but I don't think you ever... I think what I've heard, he, do, he never was in Leon's campaign. I think he was only in Claire's originally. Ah. Uh... Um, I don't know, I need to look that up. I, again, I didn't really play much of 2, so I don't I don't know. Uh, but he's this tyrant, uh, I believe he's called Mr. X. He's this like, big grey zombie that has like a, a trench coat and a hat on, and it's it's bizarre, and he's like eight foot tall. Oh, okay. It wasn't who I was thinking of then. Um, yeah, maybe not. Um, but he he gets introduced part way through the campaign, and then he's just right. there. He's oh, just okay. he's just wandering around the police station, and he will if he finds you, he will chase you. And you know the thing, the golden rule of like these old of all the old Resident Evil games, stuff like that. If you're being chased by zombies, you go through a door. Zombies don't go through doors. Sometimes they go through doors in this. Like, they will slowly bash at a door and open it up. Uh-huh. But generally, if you go through a door... You go through a door and then you go through another door, you've lost the zombies. Basically. And there's yeah. safe rooms. You go in a safe room, you're fine. Uh, Mr. X yes. will just go through doors. <laughs> right. At one point, I saw him go through a wall, but I think that was, like, a scripted thing. Where like I was just walking down a hallway and he just smashed through a wall in front of me. I was like, "Fuck, that's that's where I needed to go." <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a villain like that. In, uh, the uh, you know the first Resident Evil, and he could even bust through uh, safe rooms. That might be right. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, uh, there was a villain that could break through doors. I'm googling. T zero zero is apparently his his tyrant or T zero one three. Ugh. Resident <laughs> Evil lore bullshit. Anyway, um, he's invincible is the main thing. Also, uh, you can, right, you can shoot him a bunch and he'll like get down on like one knee and kind of take a breather basically, and you can run past him. But for the most part, that's just a waste of ammo because this is a survival horror game and you do not have a lot of ammo. And normal yes. zombies take like. Five or six shots to go down, and that's headshots. Also, yeah. headshots in this game are hard. Yep. So this is something that I really like about this game as well. That is the thing that kind of separates it from Resident Evil, like you know, four and five and six and whatever that had this kind of third person aiming and didn't have any of the horror elements. Uh huh. If you want to shoot an enemy in the head, you pull out your gun. And you aim at the head. But a combination of it doesn't have any aim assist on the aiming. So it's not going to lock onto their head like most shooters would. Right. And Which even Revelations 2 did to some degree. 
Um, but also, these are zombies. They don't just walk in a straight line. They kind of hobble about <laughs> and their heads bob about about and stuff like that. Like actually yes. managing to shoot them in the head is hard. And it makes every bullet that you are firing feel fucking terrifying because you're like, oh god, this might not hit. Should I just aim for the chest or something? But that might take more bullets. Oh god. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, and yeah, Mr. X is just this terrifying force because you'll just be like, the I think the one I've heard the most of at the very least, like me and Nathan have both talked about it because it happened to both of us, is um, there's a section in that game where there's a library that you get a uh, a kind of jack to um, like one of the library they have like movable shelves and one of the shelves is kind of up on like a kind of jack like you would have for, like a car to prop it up and right. you get a handle to pull that down and then you have to move all the uh, the library shelves along one by one to make a, a bridge up above so that you can walk across to a different area and it takes time like you've got to slowly move these shelves up and the whole time you're doing it you just hear <laughs> and you're like oh fuck he's getting closer I can hear him <laughs> like I literally like you can because it's a third person game you can turn the camera around and I literally turned the camera around he was like up on a ledge above me and hadn't seen me yet and then turned a corner and I was like fuck 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 and then move this the shelf <laughs> oh so in the original Resident Evil 2 as well there was they, they did something similar to that and it was the so you had the the liquor the big red liquor mm. then there was the did they call them the hunters which were the green ones oh, and they would they would walk around and similar to the dogs they would make a noise when they were close oh, man the fucking dogs yeah, the the dogs they, they would make a noise. You could hear them when they were, mm-hmm. and if you made a noise, it attracted them as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's the other thing. If you sprint or shoot a garden, Mister X will show up. Yes, yeah. So the the dogs used to do that, and the hunters did that as well. Mm-hmm. So I am. It's one of those I had picked it up, and I don't know why I picked it up. I think it was because I wanted Kingdom Hearts and Ace Combat more yeah um but it was it's one that i will pick up before the end of the year as well definitely i there will need to be a lot of really good games that come out between now and the end of the year for this to not end up in at least my top 10 if not my top five like it's wow. i genuinely really going for someone for someone that doesn't really like resident evil that much like i've enjoyed resident evil games like i thought seven was pretty good uh what i played about i never finished seven um and i liked four quite a lot which mm-hmm. i know you don't like uh no no <laughs> i played through the entirety of five that game sucks you played, i played yeah. a bunch of six that game sucks um really i like i like revelations 2 but never finished it um never played revelations 1 this game's fucking great <laughs> like it's just it's i don't know what it is that got me into it more than other resident evil games there's just something about it that like, the combination of the third-person shooting and the survival horror elements from those kind of older isometric ones. Yeah. You know, the old tank control Resident Evil games. Uh-huh. It feels like they just finally kind of, you know, managed to, to bridge that gap between those two things and go, look, we made an old-school Resident Evil game, but it plays like a new game. Yeah, I think... 
one of the things that I did like about the the old the cameras and the the tank controls and things like that, it was part of the puzzle. Yeah, that's true. You know, the, the you had to figure out sometimes uh, how things looked within the world, within the scenery, but also how to turn characters, how to move them, and, mm-hmm. and get th- around things. Um, that was one of the tricks with the zombies. You know, shooting them, and if you shot them enough times, they would bleed out. Once they bleeded, yeah. once they bled out, they were dead. Yeah, that's um, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> you can never. Damn. The only way you can know for sure that something is dead is because its head is gone. So if right. You, if you do like, also, I haven't talked about the graphics of this game at all, because I think it uh-huh. generally as a, a podcast we don't tend to actually talk about graphics that much. Um, no. Usually we'd be like, this game looks really pretty, and then that's kind of this game. <laughs> both looks fantastic like the the current engine that capcom is using for their games like this and resident evil 7 and uh uh devil may cry 5 does just fantastic in particular like faces like they are just fantastic looking faces uh but the whole game looks gorgeous but the gore in this game is some of the most gruesome gore i've seen in a video game (laughs) like it's you know how the most recent Mortal Kombat games have been like really gruesome in a, like a comical way. It's like yeah, it's like Capcom played those games and was like, "What if it was horror though?" And so, I can't remember if it's in the original one, but early on in that game, uh, Leon goes to try and rescue a policeman that he sees on a CCTV camera, uh, and he like opens a shutter and the guy climbs under it, and a zombie grabs him as he's climbing under it. Uh-huh. And Leon pulls him from the other side, and this guy just gets ripped in half. Right, and it looks so gruesome. It's horrific. It's fantastic though. Um, and then also just just the regular zombies. Like when a zombie's head explodes, it looks fucked up. It's like it's <laughs> so detailed and horrific. But you know that they're not getting back up after that. Like they, right. That's that's a, a that's the that's the only time they're not getting back up. Well, the thing is, they they do have they do seem to have a like a death point. Like you will do a certain amount of damage and they will die, but the body always stays there. There, so you can never look at them and go, "I don't know if he's going to get back up or not." Right. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's not getting back up, but I don't know. Uh, whereas if it doesn't have a head, you're like, "Okay, he's definitely not getting back up." Yeah. <laughs> um, at least. I don't know, I've not played through a playthrough B. Maybe they've got, like, regenerating ones or something. That would be the kind of fucked up thing this game would probably do. Um, But yeah, I really like this game. I highly recommend it to anyone that likes horror games or... Well, horror games, I guess. Uh, It's up there with... I was going to say, I I couldn't think of the top of my head what my favourite horror games would be. It's up there with those, though. Um, Evil Within? I don't know if Evil Within would be up there. Also, the bits I like about Evil Within aren't really the horror bits of it. Like I don't right. think I don't think it's particularly scary. Like this game is this game scared me in the way that uh, Alien Isolation did. Ah, okay. especially because it has that same, you know, Alien Isolation thing of like the thing that scared me in Alien Isolation was hearing that alien go through the vents and going, I need to fucking get in a locker or under a table or something now because this thing's going to fucking get me. And Mr. X has that same thing where it's like, I need to stop doing this puzzle now because I hear those footsteps. (laughs) Right, okay. 
it's yeah it's so good and it's weird to like it is a remake because it, it is resident evil 2 but it's one of those things it's kind of like that ratchet and clank remake that they did a few years ago where it's basically a new game right it okay. goes through the same story set in the same location and you know there's lots of stuff that is made to be authentic to the original but so is would you call it more a reboot than a remake I don't know because I think reboot tends to imply that they're, you know, restarting the story. But as far as I'm aware, the story is the same in this. Right. Okay. Um, but it's it feels more like a reboot. Somewhat in the in the gameplay, at least it feels like yeah, yeah, we, we made a different game, but it has Resident Evil Two trappings in it. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's genuinely one of my favorite horror games definitely my favorite resident evil and i'm probably going to talk about it in the podcast more because i definitely intend to do the playthrough b is claire and then maybe i'll go back and do claire's playthrough a i'm not 100 percent sure on that right i've heard that's quite a bit different so i'll probably do it cool uh, yeah that's resident evil 2 remake uh i played on pc for what that's worth as well that pc port oh good. okay uh yeah uh speaking of things that are very good Talk to me about Horizon Chase. Horizon Chase Zero. Uh, Horizon, yes, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn Chase. <laughs> Horizon Chase Turbo. That's close. So, I spoke about this on the last podcast, mm-hmm. and I was saying that it was hard as nails. Yeah. Uh, did you get uh, a good car? I did. Yes. <laughs> it's the game easy now. Not easy. It's easier. It's fairer. Yeah. So I said I'd started over again, and you know, felt I need a fresh start. So I picked different. Started off with different upgrades, and I unlocked what uh, a car that came. I came across, and it had the. <clears throat> excuse me. It was the acceleration that it had, and that helped me uh, come first in a lot of the races. Nice. And I am now, I have unlocked uh, eight of the 12 tracks. Uh, yeah, eight, eight of the 12 locations. And I've, I'm going to be able to, you know, unlock the rest of the game quite easily now. And it's just, it's a fantastic game. Uh, it's really, really good. You get into the more difficult races. Uh, man, that game runs smoothly. The tracks are just, for a retro design game, the tracks that are in it, mm-hmm. just really good. Um, they're now getting to the point where they're just putting these very slight, you know, hairpin bends in and things like that. So it's making it difficult to kind of stay on the track. Um, just really good. Uh, please, please, to- please go and buy the game. Just. I need to get it. I need to I, so many other games. I, <laughs> I have spent. I'm just actually going to my Nintendo Switch now to my profile. Four thousand pounds in this past week on the. <laughs> well, yes, I, I probably have, but <laughs> I. For a little game that cost, I can't remember. Was it twelve pound? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I spent fifteen hours on it. I think it's on sale just now. It was yeah, I think recently. It was on sale, yeah. 
Uh, get it. Just if you like. I just bought Outrun though. Oh, the objectively the best racing game of all time. I love Outrun, <laughs> and this. Uh, I'm starting to put the music from Horizon Chase Turbo into the same category as oh, the music really? from Outrun. Yeah. Oh man, keep it written down it, for that came out this year, right? No, it came out last oh, year. Oh no! All right, I know, let's, let's I go know. back redo Game of the Year. <laughs> best music. It's the the music is excellent and really well done if i remember correctly i think it's written by they got some you know uh known people yeah uh to do kind of like retro music for the game That's cool it's really good they're, they're still doing this thing called the it's like challenges basically that they're adding every every month yeah the uh the uh, it's not the world tour it's the playground they call it oh. and uh this this month it's uh the theme is old but gold and they've got classic cars that you can pick and you mm-hmm. can go in uh they're cars that you can earn throughout the game but they're and there's tracks that you unlock throughout the game you know the whole campaign of it but what is unique is the way that they combine the races. So it may be a race in one of these South African tracks and it's reverse, which will be unique. And the it will only have minis in it, for example. Mm-hmm. And that race in that instance is unique. That's cool. The, the, it's been put together in this whole package for this event that they're doing for this month. That's pretty neat. Yeah just a hell of a lot of game in this indie little package um can't gush about it enough <laughs> you should pick it up it is uh, i i need to get it yeah i'm i'm at the moment i'm trying to think of how i can shoehorn this into game of the year this year uh <laughs> i will try i i will try my best we'll get uh, there. we've got you've got like what okay. <laughs> just under <laughs> Uh, just under ten months to. Yes, yeah. So we will <laughs> definitely try how to get it in there. Um, shall we talk about some Kingdom Hearts three though? Yeah, let's talk about Kingdom Hearts. I think we're both roughly about the same point, but we yes we split off from each yeah, other. Yeah, our, 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 we went on divergent paths. Yeah. So we both finished the. Was it the third world, which was the Toy Story one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we or the the Rapunzel one. What's the name of that? Uh, tangled. Tang- tangled. The, the Tangled World. If you choose to do that first, which I did, or y- yes, whichever order yeah. you choose to do them. Yeah. So I did. I finished the Toy Story, then Tangled, and you did it the other way around. Yeah. Um, and we. Both went again on on separate paths. So, how are you finding the game in terms of difficulty and and story and things like that? Are you you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it so far. I think in terms of difficulty, I think it's uh probably like I was talking to you before the podcast about this. I think it's a bit perhaps overcorrected from the previous Kingdom Hearts games where. 
Kingdom Hearts 2 in particular kind of infamously had like these horrible difficulty spikes that really just, you know, were walls that blocked your progress as you were playing the game. Yeah. Um, this feels like it doesn't have that. At least it doesn't have it yet. Maybe it happens later. But so far, it doesn't seem to have that. But conversely, it doesn't seem to have any difficulty at all, really. Um, I think I've went... Yeah. I think because each, or at least each of the two areas I've been to so far gives you the option of two worlds to go to first. You can go to whichever one you want out of these two. Uh, for the first one, it's uh, Tangled or Toy Story, and then this one, it's Monsters, Inc. or Frozen. And it feels like one of those is higher level than the other one. It might say it somewhere on the menu and I've just missed it, but at the very least, it seems that way. Yeah. And I think I've chosen the harder one both times. Because <laughs> I think the Tangled <laughs> is supposed to be after Toy Story and blah. But the thing is, neither of them are hard. And the only thing is that the enemies take a couple more hits sometimes. And that's kind of it. Uh, it maybe takes a little bit longer. But also, conversely, the other one, at least with the, the Tangled and the Toy Story one, like I was, I blitzed through the Toy Story one because I, I felt a little bit over leveled for it. And so I was going through killing everything like one shot. Right, yeah. Um, but I think it makes up for that in terms of things. Like, I, I am liking the story. I'm liking, you know, traveling to all different Disney worlds, like always. And, you know, mm-hmm. some version of Organization 13 comes up and is like, I'm going to do the evil things. And Sora's like, why? And they're like, because I'm wearing this evil cloak. Obviously, I'm evil. Mm. Why would you ask <laughs> that? Um, yeah. That's the there you go. That's the Kingdom Hearts story for you. Yeah, but why are you so evil? Because I look like a Final Fantasy character. Because I, <laughs> because I got norted. What does that mean? Don't don't ask. Don't fucking don't ask. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I find pretty much the same as you when it comes to the difficulty. I've breezed through everything. I've only I only died once and that was my fault. I was watching what I was kind of half watching what what was happening and I went to heal myself and I pushed the wrong button on the controller. Yeah. And you know, ran straight into the enemy, walloped myself out. That's fine. <laughs> um but after that uh, shortly after that, you get the the opportunity to buy uh, what do they call it? Coupon coins. Yes. So a coupon coin is it's basically a last chance. If something happens, like what happened to me, and you get wiped out, you get this. Uh, it's an extra life, yeah. essentially. Um, and once you use it, then find another shop. Pretty soon, you can buy another one. You can only have. One stock all the time i've not had an opportunity to use it i don't think yeah i'm the same like i got one of those the first time it let you buy them and i've never had to use it i don't know yeah. if it's automatic or if it's a thing that pops up and because i know uh god of war had a similar system weirdly enough um the last one last year uh, and the way that right. worked was that when you died it popped up with like a prompt saying like press square to use the thing that revives you I don't know if that's right. how this works or if it's automatic or what, because uh-huh. again, the game's really easy, so I've never had to use it. Yeah. Uh, I found, in terms of the you know the story and the, the progression through the world, I'm finding it quite linear. 
Yeah, um, I've definitely found that as well, which is kind of weird because I feel like a lot of the levels are kind of big, but but there's yeah. the progression through them is very linear. There's not really anything to do if you go off in the sides, except for yeah. sometimes there's maybe a chest or a yeah. Mickey Mouse emblem. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know whether that might change because there there will there has been instances where it's hinted you're going to go. You're going to go back to worlds, yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking even one of the earlier stages in the the first Kingdom Hearts, where you went to the Alice in Wonderland world, mm-hmm. you could get stuck. Yeah, you could get stuck pretty easy, uh, and it wasn't beca- because of level design. No, I would say it's kind of because of level design. <laughs> but I don't know when the last time you played the first Kingdom Hearts, but that, that Alice level is kind, right. of, kind of the worst. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. Yeah, okay. I, but what I mean was, you know, there was you, you could get stuck because, you know, there was a, a path and it was slightly hidden. The, the, it was designed that way, so to, you know, to send you off down the wrong way and you'd end up spending, you know... Too, far too much time in one area where the answer lay in another area. This just feels like it is leading you down, you know, a big long corridor. Yeah. And, um, I feel like I feel like most. I feel like you're maybe misremembering some of how those older Kingdom Hearts games were. Quite possibly. I having like I played through some of Birth by Sleep recently and. I replayed Kingdom Hearts 1 a couple of years ago. I haven't played Kingdom Hearts 2 in a while, uh, so I don't know about that one. But Kingdom Hearts 1 was very linear. Um, So was Birth by Sleep. It definitely had stuff like that, like the Alice worlds where you teleported around a bunch, but... It may be... It might have been that games... Games weren't that difficult until that came along. Maybe that's what... But this, this just feels like, you know... You're breezing through it. It's um, there is no challenge in the world. I can remember the Tarzan world drove me a little bit wild to try and. Yeah. You got to a certain point and it was like, right, how do I get? To, I can see where I need to go to, or I think I need to go there, but I'm trying to figure out how to get there. Yeah, there were big mazes more than anything else. Uh yeah, well, probably that was it. Um, uh, the Alice in Wonderland one where you were jumping on all the different flowers and things like that. Teleport to the random parts and you're trying to find the right thing to teleport you to the right place. And Yes, yeah. I hate so... so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, whereas this is more... And I I'm, I think I'm coming across as negative and I don't... This is more... It's all about the characters and how yeah. it looks and you know, your favourite Disney music playing in the background. It, it is, it's a, it's just a big love letter to Definitely. Disney and Kingdom Hearts now. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of those levels are really big, but like you said, like there's not really, it's very, uh, you know, linear in terms it's of progression. Not, it's not, it's not yeah. big because there's a lot of stuff to explore, it's big because they want you to feel like you're in the world. Yes, yeah. So like when you go to the toy shop in the Toy Story world, like that level's massive. And yeah, but, but there's no there's loading not... times in between any of it, and you're going into all these individual shops inside this giant shopping mall thing, and that's yeah. really awesome. But there's you go to them in the order of the story makes you go in because there's nothing to do if you're going there early. 
Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the the next world that I'm in, can we spoil the next two worlds? Is it spoilery? Just, just, just skip ahead well, like five, ten minutes if you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in the, the Monsters, Inc. world, mm -hmm. and you're inside Monsters, Inc., and you these big long corridors and you can see all the doors and everything and it is like it is in the film you know there's these doors that well you don't want to go through them because you didn't go through them in the film i mean you know they did eventually <laughs> no that not the not the bedroom doors you know oh, you mean like the like, doors to different parts of the factory yes okay. yeah um but if there's a door in a, a door in the factory or an entrance in the factory that you went through it's like oh yeah I remember I know where it goes and you go through it and mm -hmm. there it is it is like you say it's it's the world Yeah, it's not there to serve a purpose uh, well it's there to serve a purpose to make you feel like you're in the world but it's not there to because there's a hidden chest in that room or anything yeah. I will say just, uh, I will say also though I think that they've done a better job in this game from previous ones in terms of Disney World of making the areas feel like the areas from the movies because yes i feel like for the most part you they had the set pieces of look this is you know the the court the queen's uh crown room from alice in wonderland but yeah a lot of them also had things like you know a lot of the alice in wonderland is nondescript forest like it's not it's not something from the movie. It's something styled to look like something from the movie, but it's a level they made that kind of vaguely looks like the movie. Yeah, the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. Yes, the Pirates of the Caribbean it, stuff is like very vaguely related to the movie. Yeah, it was this generic cave, and it's yeah. like, what? Was, um, yeah. I feel like the one time that they really nailed it in the previous games was Halloween Town. Multiple times you go to Halloween Town and it looks like the movie. Yes, and yeah. you go to areas from the movie, and you're like, "This is great," um, and you you always go to areas from the movie. You know what I mean? The whole thing felt like a connected bunch of areas from the movie. Uh, yes, yeah. And this, you, the closest to being like that kind of Alice one would probably be like the Tangled World, which is this big forest that you go through. But uh -huh. it feels like that forest they go through in Tangled, like it looks like that. It's Yes. Yeah, part of yeah. it might be because a lot of the in-world stuff, uh, more so than the previous games, follows the plots of the movies. Uh -huh. Which the previous games did for some worlds, but it seems like almost all of the worlds do it for this. Um, so the Tangled one is, you know, you get her out of the tower and escort her to, you know, her hometown and, you know, the story happens. Yeah, um, yeah. The Frozen one so far is that Elsa... It, you know has run away from home and created a nice castle you know it's right. it's that it's it looks like that area um yeah the the only one i think is the the toy story one it's the because it the it's not following any of the stories from any of the films true, yeah um, it's vaguely and, related to two and that you go to the toy shop to try and you know recover your friends but it's not really yeah but it's believable because what they've done is they've updated, you know, they've updated the video game from uh, one of the films. They, there was a video game, but you could see it was different. And yeah. they've now they've updated it. It's for the brand new console. And, you know, it's a brand new Toy Story, uh, Toy Story, sorry, that you're going to. So it does 
Yeah, it makes sense. It built, yeah, it just fits. So where they have created, you know, a new world to go alongside the 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 one from the film, yeah. they've done a really good job of it. It's not just yeah. generic. Also, I just thought, like talking about the frozen world there, I think the issues you have with the level design in this so far, there is a section in the frozen world that I kind of just finished that I think you're going to like quite a lot. All right, because it is kind of that more kind of not quite mazy, but kind of maze-like structure of like there's more exploring each of the areas cool. uh, to solve some puzzles to get through it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm enjoying it overall, and if nothing else, this game looks fucking fantastic. Oh god, yeah, it's uh, really enjoying it. Is it's just I think yeah, if you're gonna have the bits from the Frozen World that are gonna be a little bit challenging. And then it'll go back to, you know, kind of a nice cruise that you get in the story and all the little characters and that. I can live with that. Yeah. I'm going to uh, play more of it. I wish I'd played more of it already, but I've been doing other stuff. Uh, but yeah, I need too to Too many finish. games. <laughs> too many games and too many videos. I've still not done Ben's yes. Game of the Year. Ben's Game oh, of the Year God. video will be going up at some point. If you're listening to this... All of our Game of the Year videos are up on our YouTube channel. <laughs> Go watch them, except for Ben's one, which will be up hopefully next week. Uh, I've got all the stuff for it, I've just not done it yet. Because <laughs> because I did four of those in rapid succession and I took a break to finish Resident Evil 2 and play some Kingdom Hearts. So <laughs> I'll get Fair enough. Um, but yes, uh, I this, is, this game is just... It looks insane. Is the thing I think it's worth mentioning, if nothing else. Like, yeah, I think it plays really well, and I'm and really enjoying it. But also just looking at it as you go into each world, and they kind of subtly change the 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 rendering in it to make it look more like the movies. So yes, like the Toy yeah. Story world looks like Toy Story. Yep. Uh, to the point, like when you're—I don't know if you did this—but did you ever like walk up to the the entrance to the shop and like look out the windows? Uh, no, I didn't. But the, there's, there's the the scene where you're out in the driveway and you're yeah. on the, the roof of the house and stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but in particular, it's just the light coming in from those doors. It's just like this. It's just really well done. It's just rendered in such a way that it's not done in. It doesn't look like the lighting in any of the other levels that right. I've been through so far. At least it looks like they did this separate thing for. You know, because they were like, this is how it looks in Toy Story, so this is how we do it. Um, right, okay. The Frozen world, they do the whole let it go thing. And there's good side-by-sides that you can go watch that have that. And it's nuts that they just did that, you know? Yeah. It, it looks like the movie, like shot for shot. Yeah. Um, the... I was going to say the, the the only one that doesn't look as as impressive is the Monsters Inc. one. Oh really? Yeah, the the characters are spot on and uh-huh. they look, but it's just it's missing that little bit of uh, level of detail. I'm, I don't know if um, trying to explain it see how the worlds looked and felt within uh, kingdom kingdom hearts uh, 1 and 2 kind of a, a cartoon version of the world yes that's what the monsters inc one feels like 
All right. It's it's just slightly off. That's kind of the and thing. it it might just be because of some sort of technical aspect. I'm not too sure, but or it could just be me. It just it <laughs> didn't it didn't feel as uh, it you know it didn't look as good as the other ones. Yeah. Uh, the tank the, the tangled one is just exceptional. It is. the tangled one looks fantastic. I think the actually also the Hercules one doesn't look so great. Um, ah, yeah, Hercules yeah. Hercules looks like a big plastic toy. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, but to be fair, the, that was a, that was a two D movie, so like you can't yeah, just the, make it look like that. Yeah, the the Monsters Inc. World is yeah, it's on par with the Hercules one. Okay. It's good, but yeah, weird. Cool. Yeah, need to play more though. Yeah, same. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah, one of these days, I promise. One of these days. Before <laughs> the end of the year. At least the only, cool. thing, the only thing coming out next month is Devil May Cry. Nothing else. Well, that it, when you're playing that, then uh, I, can carry, I can sort of catch up on everything else that I've got here. <laughs> I've still got too much of a backlog as well. I need to, need to play more games. That's what I need to. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. Um, speak of play more games you picked yes. up Dead or Alive 6 I did yeah so it arrived today how much have you um, played you finished it no I uh, <laughs> Dead or Alive is one of those where it has a fair amount of con content you know within the game modes and things like that and I think it's one of the reasons that why I still like the, the series and the franchise yeah. is it has the story modes and it has arcade modes and things like that. I remember enjoying the story mode in five quite a lot. Yeah, so I've played a a good bit of the story mode as well. Um, it's weird. Okay, so the story uh, Dead or Alive story has always been a bit of a wonky one, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it fought. It follows on uh, from Dead or Alive 5. Um, and it's the story that was in Last Round, which was also the updated story, which was used in the 3DS version, I think. Sure. It's basically the, la the latest version. Ask me anything about what happened in the story in Dead or Alive. <laughs> there was ninjas. I think some of them were clones. Yes. Uh, yeah. There was Almost. boobs. <laughs> Always. There was that drunk guy. Yep. Uh, there was. But they're all island, they're all and they played volleyball for a while, and then yes, <laughs> the, they were live action for a while. Um, oh God! Yes, they're really bad at live action. So, uh, this story is makes no sense the same as the other ones uh, it's really weird <laughs> the way the it's kind of doing the the fragmented thing that the dead or alive 5 did you know where it plays a little bit of the story for one character you get to yeah. see a fight for them and then it jumps to another character uh does for have, one reason or another does it have that big massively complicated like timeline thing that you switch yes. oh my god 
it's worse. They've made it. I'm I'm trying to get my head around it, and it's no sense it whatsoever. Was so silly and convoluted in five, but I kind of loved it. Yes, uh, you're gonna love this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it still looks really good. You know, sometimes you just select one of the parts of the timeline, and there's no fight. It's just a, a two minute cutscene. Yeah, it happens. Uh, and one of them is it's just to let you know that the characters in the game, and it's just <laughs> this pre-rendering, this beautiful pre-rendering full motion video of this character in a fight with some nondescript guy throwing him into a dustbin. That's pretty good. As you do. Um, uh, so, yeah, that is really good. I have played a good section of the, the story mode. Uh, you're jumping from character to character. Uh, you can try and you know stay with one character, but good luck on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apart from that, there is a few other modes. New mode called uh, DOA Quest. And what this is, is there's a new character in the story mode. She's like a scientist, and you're helping her do research. Okay. Basically, the, re- the research is there's over 200, I think, is it 200 missions? 104 missions, I beg your pardon, that I've found so far. And basically, it's a fight with a character. So you pick a fight with your uh, Kasumi, for example, and what they want you to do is clear the quest, which is win the fight. It's a two-round fight. Uh, for the next level, uh, you need to inflict 35 damage with a sim- single combo, and to get the, the top reward from it to clear it completely, you have to perform one ground attack. Okay. And you've got these little these three little missions for all the different characters. Um, as you unlock them. So if you've got Hitomi, for example, you want one chest. First thing, if she beats the the character, clears the quest. Um, Again, inflict 35 damage. And the other one is hold two mid punches. Mm -hmm. So the holding in uh, DOA is that weird blocking the counter. Yeah, the kind of of parry kind of stuff. Yeah. So you need to two mid punches. And then you clear all the missions. Your reward for clearing the missions is coins. Uh, coins can be used for various things and uh, buying videos, buying. Um, they've got an encyclopedia, so you you know it's got and it's going to have all the history and all the story that you can sit and read through. So you buy little parts of the story and you can add it. You can buy videos, watch certain videos, things like that. And believe it or not, you can buy costumes. No, uh, never. A DOA game? So I'm not 100% sure how the costumes worked yet. I've played a little, uh, yeah, you played know around they, with you it a little work. bit. You know how the costumes work. So there's the, the set costumes that Dead or Alive was, I was going to say, famous or infamous for, depending on your point of view. There's some of those those costumes that you can get, but you can then... Uh, there's a costume editor uh, so you can get different costumes and parts of costumes and do that uh, I'm not too sure how that's going to work yet but it seems kind of reminiscent of the the, the old Tekken system yeah. or the, the current Tekken system you know you, you can get Broly for 
Yoshimitsu and he can use that instead of his sword and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the quest system is quite cool. I've only done six different fights, but it's quite nice that you're, you know, you'll be fighting a different character every time, um, and they've they'll nerf the character sometimes. So for the Hitomi one, where you're trying to do the, you know, the holds, they've nerfed the character mm-hmm. so it's he's going to punch you and he's going to do mid punches, yeah, and so he'll keep he doing it. Do yeah, uh, I quite like it. It's this is cool. It kind of reminds me of um, Tekken Seven had that. Uh, oh god, what was it called? Was it like treasure battle? Um, oh yes, yeah, the treasure yeah, battle. But but that didn't really have the challenges aspect of it. Like every like ten or so fights, you would end up fighting something that had a bit of one of those. But it was never as in depth as like do this specific thing. It was always like the punches will do more damage this or grabs yeah. will do more damage during this or everything's sped up. Yes, um, yeah. Soul Calibur 6 actually has quite a lot of that stuff in it as well in its story mode. It has, that, right. it has that big kind of map that you can go through and all of those have individual things and it'll be things like, you know, uh, you can only do damage using uh, like uh, horizontal attacks or something like that or you right. can only only using special attacks on that to kind of force you to play differently basically. Uh-huh. Um, which is pretty cool as well. So, yeah, yeah it sounds cool. like something I would enjoy. Yeah, it's also got the you know the usual mode. They've got the arcade mode, which is basically where you can pick a character and you go through six or seven fights. They call them the the arcade circuit. Yeah. Uh, which again, they've had that in quite a load of from Dead or Alive Four. I think it is. There's the time attack. And there's also the survival as well. So that's kind of all the, the sort of single-player stuff. Then, of course, there's the online. There's the training. So it's your usual Dead or Alive game. Updated a little bit. In terms of the way that it looks, it looks a little bit better than Dead or Alive 5. Yeah, but- well, all I've seen of it doesn't look like a massive jump or anything. But to be fair, Dead or no. Alive 5 looked really nice. It did, yes, yeah. So do, doing it a bit of disservice that way. But it's good. I, I picked it up from uh, one of the websites that we normally use here, Shop 2. And I got a good deal on it. I got it for slightly cheaper than the retail price. Uh, £35, I think it was. And it was the Steelbook edition. Nice. And uh, I think it's coming with. I'm going to get a couple of codes for some DLC for it as well. Cool. I believe. All the so, <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> um, it keys. already. It already has a season pass. Of course. Uh, it's twenty. And it looks. Yeah, this is true. So, uh, it's saying featuring bonus costumes for some of the characters, but I don't know if you're going to get more characters as well. I'm not too sure how many characters are in here. Looking at the roster that's available, there are there seem to be characters missing, but most of the most of the ones are there. Uh, Hitomi's there, Iyani, Christy, uh, Bass, Tina, Hayabusa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so all your main characters seem to be there at the moment. And... Yeah, but I'm looking forward to playing a bit more of it and unlocking the thing and seeing what's there. 
Cool. So definitely, definitely pick it up. Uh, yeah, I, I won't have a shot of it. It seems. Yeah. Seems uh, it's Dead or Alive has always been one of those where I've always enjoyed kind of the story and what they've done with it because it is just batshit crazy. Yeah. Um, in terms of playing it online, I've never been that good because the the counter system is always. I always thought it was quite difficult and requires yeah, split-second timing. I've always been terrible at the counter system. Yeah, I've always, uh, when I've played online, I've went into the casual rooms and having a little, you know, match with somebody that's of equal skill level is always good fun. Yeah. But there are people that take it far too serious. Yeah, um, They've added a couple of new things that's... Uh, it's what do they call it a break attack and it breaks clothing so you can uh, smack the clothing off somebody i mean as much as i'd like to make fun of that i think a lot of games have that doesn't it? like soul Calibur 6 has that yeah so you can and it all it's round about the the stomach area so whether it's male or female you know they now have like a bare midriff nice um hey it's still got the jiggly boobies. Um, of no, but the 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 chests uh, they, they move up and down and jiggle, whether it's male or female. So okay. I suppose it's it's equal opportunity equal um, creepiness. Yeah, equal jiggles. Uh, some of the costumes they've done away with some of the really risky ones that were basically the swimming costumes from yeah the but do you think they've done away with them because they're toning it down a bit or do you think they've done away with them because they're rugby in the season pass <laughs> i have a sneaking <laughs> suspicion they're in the, they, they've done away with them because they know people will pay extra money for them because yes hey, if you can milk money yeah. from perverts you can milk money from perverts exactly so those costumes have—they're never really going away. Um, uh, it has been toned down. You know, the, the 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 boob physics has been toned down a little bit. Costumes, some of the costumes that still are a bit. It's like wow, okay, but yeah. So when they say it's been toned down, I think they're just talking about the boob jiggle. Yeah, uh, but it is one. <laughs> It's a guilty pleasure, the Dead or Alive. I've always liked, it, liked the series. And this one is... It looks... So. Cool. Uh, shall we talk about... You'll probably uh, talk more about this one than I will, but uh, you bought the retail version of Trials Rising. I did. And you played the beta of it. I did, yes. Uh, how much was in the beta? Or how much did you play of it? I played, uh, so you had the map of the world and you travelled around. Yeah. Um, it's basically. Let's, yeah. Uh, so I did one of the games uh, and it was basically see how far you can get through uh, a track. And if you fall off, that's it. It's that's you done yeah. i can't remember what they called the game I they i did a couple of races on the american continent i did one that was in it was basically you were racing on a track that was inside a plane 
Uh, there was a track that was in a fairground. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that one? I think I did about five or six tracks. I think most of seem like kind of early game tracks. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I've played not that much more actually than it sounds like than you've played in the beta. Um, right. I've only played like about five or six tracks, and most of them were those. So uh, there's a hand, a couple of those that I haven't found yet, but they may have just had some of the later stuff on the beta. Um, and we're both playing it on Switch as well. It's worth noting. Yes. Um, yeah. I I'm enjoying it so far. It feels like an old school Trials game. Like they've dumped both of the kind of uh, most of the kind of shit that they added with Fusion, which I liked Trials Fusion, but. It did kind of start to overcomplicate things a bit by being like adding this whole trick system that was never particularly fun, um, and kind of adding all these kind of crazy mini games and stuff that just weren't very good. Uh, this seems like they've went back to basics and they're like, okay, it's trials. You need to drive your motorcycle through these courses, handle your throttle well, and handle your leaning well so that you don't fall over. And that's kind yes. of the gist of it. Do it fast. Yeah. Beat the timelines on uh, the, the speeds on the the leaderboard. Uh-huh. Um, and that's all great. It, it seems really like one of the the better ones of these games so far. Um, the progression for it is that kind of big map that you were talking about. Like you unlock more stuff to do, just as you right. finish tracks, it opens more tracks, and you get coins from doing it, and also. Uh, uh, loot boxes. You get this game has loot boxes, which is all for cosmetic stuff. So I don't, I really just don't really care about them because all the cosmetic stuff is, you can make your, you know, your rider look better, or you can modify your bike a bit, or you can change the pose that your rider has when they win or lose. And it's like, well, those are all completely inessential things. There's no like. You can pay to get to the next level faster or anything like that. It's just cosmetic stuff, which is good. Um, but I'm enjoying it a lot so far. On um, I would say that the the graphics on it are mostly good. You can definitely see levels where they've had more issue than and the full fat versions of them because it feels it feels like almost like a Nintendo 64 game at times on those levels because there is just a layer of fog like basically right behind the track and it's very clear that whatever's going on in that background is you know it's struggling with on the Switch uh, the frame rate has been pretty solid so far though I won't give it that much at least yeah, so with Trials, I played the beta and I thought, yeah, it's okay, it's more Trials. Mm-hmm. I looked fine, the frame was fine. Yeah, that was it. I thought, yeah, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And then uh, it didn't push you to buy it as much. It was, I think, after about two hours of playing, to be honest. It came up and it said, uh, when I went to go to the next race, do you want to pre-order the game? Mm. And so I said, yeah, let me have a look and see what it is. And it's £20 for the game or £30 and you get the super-duper version with all the DLC and the pass yeah. and stuff like I that. I just bought the regular one. 
I didn't feel like I needed the all the Yeah. I I couldn't find it within myself to to pull the trigger and buy the game again. That's fair. Not not because it's a bad game, it's really good. It's just more of what I've played. Yeah. Uh I bought Trials Fusion which was the last one, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. I think well uh, I think there was like Trials of the Blood Dragon one. Well, I bought Trials Fusion and it came uh it came with a big expansion pass and geez that took it was I wanna say a, nearly a year and a half for all the DLC that was in that and it all came out and then they brought out the the expansion to it which basically had you riding on was it a unicorn that sounds about right yep and then after that yeah it was a super max thing and then after that was trials of blood dragon which we got on one of the game passes either game pass or playstation plus and i played that and again enjoyed it no problems at all yeah and so when i played this at the weekend it just felt like more of the same yeah, that's fair. I yeah. I uh, am the same. Like I, it felt like more. It feels like more of the same. It looked like more of the same. I mean, I just picked up because I kind of felt like playing one of those games and being able to play it portably is nice. Um, yeah, and yeah, I probably i I have a funny feeling that it's going to be one of those games that they will bring it down in price and they'll do so regularly. And one of the times when it comes down in price, I'll probably pick it up. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, and it's not—it's not a slight. Uh, no, no, you know, like it is more of the same, but uh, those games are good. So yes. <laughs> like being more of the same is not a bad thing. It's just yeah, one of the things you need to be in the mood to want one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I will—I'll pick it up at one point. That's fair. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I've been playing it here and there. Um, it's the one thing I'll say is that maybe a little more difficult on the Switch than on other platforms because you don't have analog triggers to really kind of like feather the gas. Well, the weird thing was, yeah, I used the triggers and I thought, same as you, it didn't feel right. So I've been using the the buttons. That's fair. I've been yeah, I've been using the A button for the throttle. I've heard apparently you can also use the analog stick for the tr- throttle, so that it would actually be that kind of analog kind of letting you kind oh. of feather it a bit more, which I haven't tried that yet. That oh. sounds like it could be okay. Yeah. Um, um, I know that uh, 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 the Grand Turismo games always have that option as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they always have the, the three ways. They've got the trigger, they've got the button, and then the the analog stick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, like I said. I will pick it up at one point, and uh, I'll have a fart around with it when uh, when I do pick it up, because I'm not too sure what uh, what version. I'll probably pick up the Switch version because, like you, it's nice to play something like that on the go. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like the Switch version seems like. At the frame rate, it looks like it's kind of locked at 30, which is lower than it has been in other games, but it's still fine. Um, and the graphics definitely... 
I question some of the choices they've made with the graphics in it because it feels very much like they they bumped the resolution down to get it to work on Switch and then did some of this like fog stuff in the background, which I get that this game was primarily developed for like the PS4 and the Xbox One, but things like Trials Fusion were PS3 games and Xbox 360 games as well, and those games looked much nicer than this. Yeah, and they ran at sixty, and it's that kind of thing where it's like you've done doubt like lower you know weaker versions of games before so it's odd that this is kind of how this has been handled but it's still it's still good it's just not ideal um you gotta take some of those those uh those issues when you decide you want to play things portably i guess yes yeah who knows maybe as more third party stuff comes we'll get better ports but yeah, I'm liking it. Cool. It's just, yeah. Not much to say about it. What about board games, though? Board games? I've well... played none. Let's move on. <laughs> uh... I have played uh, two. So one of the sets of games that we spoke about quite a bit is from a designer called Friedman Freeze. Mm-hmm. And so this is the weird German guy who does these brilliant games, um, but he has a fascination with a couple of things. He's got a fascination with the color green. Mm-hmm. He has a fascination with the letter F. Uh, the name of the company, his game company is 2F Games, um, mainly because his name is Friedman Fries. So all of his games normally have they start with the letter F or they always do in German and they've not two I think there's two or three exceptions in English that don't start with F one of them is Power Grid that I know of and there is another one but I'm not 100% sure but the rest of them start with F and the latest one that I played was called Finished yes so Finished is a solo game it's the his his second solo game. His first one was Friday, which we've spoken about in the podcast uh, a good few number of times as well. So finished is solo game, and the idea is that you are at work and you're sorting through files, and it's boring, laborious work, and you can get tired. You can take and. Uh, while you're doing it, you've got some things that can help you. You've got coffee to help you stay awake, and you've got sweets that will give you a sugar boost, and you're trying to get through. Uh, how this manifests itself in the game is you have a deck of cards, and they are numbered 1 through to 48, and it's basically a riff on solitaire. The way that it works is the you shuffle the cards, all except number 48, you put that down at the bottom. Uh, shuffle all the rest of the cards and then stick them down so number 48 is the last card and you deal three cards to yourself and obviously what you want to do is like solitaire you want to you know put the cards away starting with card number one and going to number 48 and when you get to so you're working your way through the pack and what you can do is you deal three cards down. If you can put them away, you know, start putting them away, you can do that. 
but you can move them into various boards to manipulate them. So you've got your present area, that's where you put the three cards. You can move them down into what they call the past. And why that is, is the next step is they're going to get shuffled back into the deck or not shuffled back into the deck, but just put down into the bottom. Mm -hmm. When cards are down in the past, you can't manipulate them as much. Uh, but you also have a future area. And the future area is a bit like the past, but you can still, you've got a chance to move them around uh, with certain res restrictions. And how you get to move cards between your your present area, your past, and your future areas is each of the 48 cards normally has something. They have a, well, they tell you what number they are sequence, but they also have a, a feature that you can activate. How you activate these features is the sweets that I told you about. Yeah. And it's little wooden meeples that are cut into the shapes of sweets. Oh, you start cool. off. That's a little bit more off... than these games usually have. These games usually yes. are just cards. <laughs> yeah. So you've got these uh, seven suites. There's ten altogether, but you start the game with seven of them. And uh, so they're basically the currency of the game. And, uh, you know, a lot of the cards will be, it costs you one suite to activate its power. And that power may be to let you move cards down into the past or uh, it may be allow you to draw another card. You know, whatever the, the case is, the special power that the thing does. Mm -hmm. um, when you basically run out things that you can't do anymore, you know, you can't move a card to the past or the future or you don't have enough sweets to do any of the, the features of the cards, you basically... You move the cards from the present into the past. Uh, before you do that, you can rearrange them in any order you wish. And then you move them all down into the past. And then you have to take the cards in order and place them underneath the, the deck, at the bottom of the deck. So the, the deck never gets shuffled again. So you're rearranging, you're pre-building the deck, as right. it were. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you do that to every card that's in the past except three so you leave three there and it's just a way of manipulating the cards that come out every time you get to card number 48 because that's the one that was at the bottom originally when you get to that you it's the end of a round you've got seven rounds and the rounds are the coffee that i was telling you about so when you see card number 48 that's the end of the round and once it gets moved into the past, you have to spend one of your coffee tokens. In the easy game, you get seven, I think it is. So it's the, the game lasts seven rounds. Yeah. Uh, when you lose your last coffee token, that's it. You haven't, you've not won the game. I've played two games. First game was, I was kind of fiddling about to see how it works and I didn't finish it properly. I kind of stopped halfway through because I had the idea of the game. And then I played it last night. The box says that the game takes half an hour. How I many think it hours did it take you? I think it was closer to ninety. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm honest, and I was getting really engrossed in everything, I failed. There was two cards, two cards oh. that I couldn't, I couldn't move. I got stuck. Um, but it's a really clever design. It's just. It's fancy solitaire. I think I want it. 
it's it's great. I, I yeah, it, really clever. Just from you know a deck of cards and uh, having tokens that you use as currency. Yeah, I take to, it, to, it. It sounds like this is this is just a kind of self-contained thing. This isn't a. It's not like his fast-forward things where it changes over time or anything. No. Okay. No, it's oh, yeah, cool. it's self-contained. It's not like fast-forward games. No. Yeah. Uh, That's fair. Not everything can be that. Um, I would love a single-player yeah. game like that, though. Um, well, um, there is a single-player game like that, which we've spoke about before, which is in the fast-forward series, which is Flea. So Flea oh, is yeah. the... Yeah, that's the one where I've played it with other people. Um, yeah. It was just myself and Anne. And it wasn't that good. But play it as a single player. Is Flea the one I've not played? Yes, yes I've, not, I've not actually played that. I'll only play that one. It, it's the Alice in Wonderland yeah. themed one. I'll only play that this weekend. Uh, yep, that's really good as well. Finished is... It's currently... I the reason I've only played it now when it came out it was one of those where I think it was available from Europe uh, for some of the funny reasons Stronghold Games didn't bring it out through Asmodee here in the UK so it was a bit of a, a mission to get it and then it went out of print but there were some people that still had it but it was expensive and it's just came back into stock on a reprint and you can pick it up here in the uk for less than 20 pounds nice so yeah if you're interested in that one i would suggest looking for it and uh you know maybe getting your local game shop to order in a copy for you yeah also yes Power Grid was originally called Funkenschlag. There we go, yes. There's the F, and it does have a green box as well. Yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) Everything is a green box, and everything is an F. Yeah. You've got to have your thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, And he has green hair. He does have green hair. He dyes his hair bottle green. Uh, We've We've seen him the first time we went to Essen. And he was launching 504 at the time. And the next year, he was launching Fabled Fruit. Nice. Um, and we seen him, we think he wasn't, he was staying just up the road from us in the hotel. But we seen him up and down in the town centre a couple of times as well. Um, just a, a bit of a crazy guy. Yeah. And he's got these thoughts on game design. I love his game design because it's not, I'm going to make a game as I've got this idea about games and he comes up with these weird and wonderful ideas and that's where the fast forward series comes from. So, uh, which incidentally, the new one of those came out in December, I think it was, which is called fortune. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have that one. It's sealed in the house. Uh, not played it yet, so I need to play that yeah, one. I didn't, um, I didn't pick that one up. I picked up those three original ones. Um, yeah. Which I've enjoyed, but haven't actually finished any of. So. <laughs> yeah, I finished. I finished. Well, I finished Fortress and Fear and Flea. I got to the. I got to see the final card and what it wanted to do. 
and I've attempted it. I think when we spoke in the podcast, I've attempted it a couple of times and I've got to that final stage twice, but it is impossible. It feels impossible. I played Fortress and I played Fear and I liked Fortress more, but the person I played Fortress with was I was playing it at work with someone and she has left now and I don't really see her outside of work. So I just... Is that thing where it's like, well, I need to restart this then. <laughs> like, I need to replay right, this yeah. deck and play it with other people then, I guess. Um, which I'll do. I just haven't yet. Um, but I enjoyed that game. So I do. Yeah, it's really it. cool. I, I need to play Flea. I'll do that. I keep forgetting that it's single player compatible. Yeah. Um, so I pick. Yeah. He also brought out a. As well, a game full. And that is a trick taking game. Right. Uh, for four to eight players. And essentially the idea with this one is that uh, when you play a trick, uh, if you're starting off, you get to say the colour of the card that you're playing and everyone plays a card. Uh, the idea is to play the same colour, you know, the same suit. But the person that plays the worst possible card, so the lowest number, becomes a fool. And they get penalized. So it's not about winning, it's about not losing. Hmm. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, so that, that, again, it's just, you know, twisting the the games that you're kind of used to. So looking forward to playing that one as well. I did play another game, and it's one that you have, Kieran, uh, and you've not played yet. I know, I've been saying for ages, <laughs> I need to... Yes, so you backed it. It's a game called Chronicles of Crime, and it was one of those that we were both looking forward to when it was on Kickstarter. I had a couple of other Kickstarters I'd backed already at that time, so I couldn't back it, and you did back it, and it was not to worry, we'll play it when my copy comes, and it's just been one of those we got together and it wasn't the right time or we were playing something else. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) So I, I gave in, I went past and I seen it in a shop and it was the, it's quite a weird one. Uh, The game has done really well. Yeah. It's Um, it's done way better than you would expect just from reading like the Kickstarter and stuff. I bought it. I backed it on Kickstarter because it seemed like a neat novelty. And then it, came out apparently sold super well like got really raving reviews like it's really high up in the board game geek ratings and stuff like that it's like people fucking love it so yeah i should really play it as it turns out (laughs) (laughs) it made a lot of game of the year lists and things yeah um so game's doing really well but it's retailing for less than the kickstarter was that is weird yeah it's weird it's something i've not seen now the the main difference is that there's a couple of kickstarter exclusives that you got on obviously when you're back on kickstarter uh one of them was a notepad that you can use which is really not much of a difference and there was two extra scenarios that you could get Um, and those two extra scenarios you can now buy for five pounds they're digital content I have, I, I, know, I have no idea how good they are. <laughs> um, yeah, I, but I think it's really cool that 
you know, you I can now buy them for for my retail version. Yeah. And what they're asking for is a couple of shillings for the person that developed the, you know, that content. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad. And it's five quid. No, no problem at all. Yeah. Chronicles of Crime is is it's a cross between unlock the kind of escape room games and Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. You are a policeman and you're investigating murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically a crime happened. Well, it was not all murders, but there's a crime that happens and you go and you investigate. How this works is the game is app driven. So it uses apps and you there's various cards there's cards that represent people there's cards that represent locations uh evidence and categories of evidence Mm -hmm. and so when you move around you scan the area you want to go to into your app so first of all what you need to do is, is like i said there's various scenarios you pick a scenario you want to play and that's kind of loaded into the gate. You download that, and that's the scenario loaded. You scan the area that you want to go to, say you want to go to the police station, and the text comes up and tells you, you know, you went to the police station, it was a sunny day, but the guy was pissed off at you for some reason or another. <laughs> you weren't um, meant to be here yet. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I th- I'm not meant to be and <laughs> You're, you're... Turn back to page four. Yes. (laughs) So it says, you know, there's been a crime committed. You need to go to uh, Hyde Park, for example. So you then scan Hyde Park into the app. Uh, Every time you travel somewhere, it costs you time. You know, time goes through the day. Sometimes in some scenarios, time is a factor, and sometimes it's not. Okay. Okay. just depending on the scenario that you're playing. So exactly. when you go to an area, you can they'll tell you what's happened. This is the area where the murder has happened. Um, and you can then search the area for clues. And the, when you do that, it uh, takes you into the area. And you can either, if you've got the, the VR edition uh, for the game, you can put on your little VR glasses onto your phone, on your app. And then you can have a look around, see where you are, and look for clues. When you're doing this, uh, it's a bit like a game that we played, Kieran, called Mask of Anubis. Yes. This is actually the they reason can... I backed the Kickstarter was because of this. Right. Of <laughs> so you're, you've got your headset on, or you're looking through the glasses, and you're looking around, and you've got... I think it's 45 seconds to look around and you call out clues that you can see. So um, if you play the tutorial, the tutorial, you're inside a lady's house and um, she's dead and you're looking for clues within the house and you can say, oh, I can see there's a letter. There is a glass of milk. There's a cat. There is a television and you call these things out. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you have is a deck of cards, which is evidence categories. So when you're looking in, at the area and you're calling these things out, everyone else that's playing with you is looking for what you've 
called out, you know, so you've said, I've seen a glass of milk. Okay, there is liquids. Um, he said there was a sandwich, so there's food. Um, he said he saw a cat. That's an animal. He said there's television. There's nothing here that matches that. So obviously not a clue. Once you've finished looking around and calling out things and everyone's gathered these cards, you can then scan these cards to have a closer look at them. Uh -huh. So you scan the food one and it says, yes, there was a sandwich there. The sandwich looks like it's got something in it. Perhaps we should send it to the lab. Um, each person, so they reckon it's up to four players and each person is given a a specialist. Um, and I think there's like one, there's a scientist, uh there's a hacker and there's somebody else and they all do different things you know so the the forensic person would do you know tests on chemicals and things like that there's the uh mortician no not the mortician the guy that the autopsies the doctor basically yeah yeah, the, yeah the, the, you know fuck i'm blanking on as well now yes uh, yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say but, the morgue man and that's not the name that's not the name at all <laughs> <laughs> the morgue man <laughs> that goth lady from NCIS her yes her <laughs> whatever her so... job name is fuck <laughs> oh Cor coroner uh, also yes also just to go back for a second um, the so I take it the, the, the deck of cards that you're using as one person is like shouting out the different evidence and you're you've got the deck of kind of like evidence types Yes. I take it that's just a generic one that's used across all the things. It is just... Yes, it is. It yeah. is just... Those are just cards of evidence types. So, like, if there's nothing that a TV matches, there will never be a scenario that a TV can match because uh, there's no evidence yes. type for it. That's right, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That makes sense. I was just um, wondering about that or if it was, like, for this scenario, use these cards or something like that. Well, um, there is there's the expansions and the expansions do have their own sets of cards exactly what cards they have i don't know yeah i don't know but they, they may they may add you know different categories and things in there and i want to play this game it sounds good it, it's really you know you you go around and so you find your your evidence you scan it into the app and it tells you you have found a clue so you put the clue on the clue board and you can then take that clue and you can send it to, you know, the coroner or the one of your four players. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason that you have the four players is there's no turn. The game has no turn structure at all. It's all this living thing that you're all cooperatively doing. And I think the reason they, you know, they give you a specific role is that so you you know, you can get a turn at um, scanning the stuff in and using yeah. the app and using the phone. You always have something to do and you always have a chance to be the person that's important at a certain time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's other little rules that go with the game as well. So when you're in a certain area, uh, you know, you find... Uh, you'll bump into people and the people will... Uh, if they're in that area, they talk to them so for example let's say you're in the police station and you want to talk to the suspect that's in Hyde Park mm. if you're in the police station and you scan that person 
nothing happens. Man, I've been arrested so many times for scanning people. (laughs) You you know, you have to go to the location where they are. Um, There is also times where the people can move. So you have to, you may go back to the park, for example, to find the guy. And you, you bump into somebody else and they say, oh, he's not here anymore. He's at the bakery. So you need to go to the bakery. You know, so it's, yeah, it builds a little bit of the story and things like that. Once you've collected enough evidence and because you can interrogate people, you can, you know, uh, talk to one character, but another character, get information, things like that. Once you have enough information, you can go back and you can say, you can push a button and say, right, we're ready to solve the case. The app will then ask you a couple of, a series of questions. So it might say, uh, who killed the person? Uh, how did they do it? And why did they do it? Okay. And how you how you answer these questions is, you know, so who killed the person? And you scan that person's card, the the person card. That's pretty cool. Uh, and it will, that's fine. It says, uh, how did they kill them? And you would scan them with the evidence. So let's say it was the sandwich. You'd scan the food card. And uh, why good. did... Why did they do it? And again, you would scan an evidence category or whatever the reason is. Uh, you then get a score. You get uh, It says whether your answer was right or wrong uh, with a little tick or a little cross. gives you a score, and the score is based on how, mu- how long it took you to come up with it, how many cards you scanned, and there's various things that give you a little score. And let's say you got you know, three of the four questions. If you want, you can then push another button and it will give you the entire solution. Hmm. And it will tell you the full story, what happened and why why what happened happened. But you don't have to because let's say you've only got two or three of them right. You may want to go back and play the game again. Um, And what it does tell you as well is if you... If you don't scan all of the evidence, you might not, when it comes to looking for the solution, mm-hmm. the app, it might not tell you the entire solution. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's quite cool as well. So you, um, there is a little bit of replayability in them if you don't do them 100% the first time. Yeah. Um, it's. I think the only drawback to it is that the game is... It's pretty much like the unlock games and you know certain of the the legacy games they are one shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But or like I the, got the um, game um the thing it kind of reminds me of most actually is probably uh another game that I've owned for a while and not played uh Time Stories. That kind of like yes, is a one yes, shot kind of story yeah. thing. Um but I paid 30 pound you get uh, for the retail version, if you get it without the VR headset, you get five scenarios out of the box. Uh-huh. Uh, from what I can tell, the full a full scenario takes about an hour and a half to play. Mm-hmm. So it's you know a regular board game length. Yeah. Thirty pound for five scenarios, six pound a scenario. It's not bad. Uh, four four players. That's not bad. And then they can add more scenarios digitally without you needing the extra cards, so that can be a bit cheaper. 
Yeah. Um, so there is already you get a free scenario with the the VR goggles if you buy the goggles separate. So you end up that's expanded to six scenarios already. So I've got six scenarios. Um, uh, there's two more available that you can buy for five pound each, and there is two expansions that you if you back the full uh, you know the full tier on Kickstarter you would already have. But one of them is a noir scenario mm-hmm. and you are you play the you collectively play the role investigator think, who wakes up here. he wakes up and he doesn't know who he is and it's a whole it's a, a bit of a campaign thing yeah an overarching story on it i don't think i backed that one and then there was another one called welcome to red view and that comes out later as well yeah um, and that's a bit more like, uh, you know, these mod- the modern Archie Riverdale kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the theme of it. Uh, both of those are, they're looking to retail at round about £20 each as well. And I think they each have its four scenarios in it as well. So it, again, it comes back to the more £5 scenario. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. Uh, if it I does sound, play it. you should. Um, even if you just play the the tutorial, which is what I've done. Yeah. Um, and it, it is. It's you could actually play this tutorial without reading the real book, uh, the rule book, which it does say on the box. And I'm always skeptical of that, but yeah, this never time actually, it, it never usually yeah. actually works. Yeah. Um, this time it does. It works really well. That's pretty cool. I need to play sure. it. We should play it at some point as well. Uh, yes. It we seems should, like yeah. even though it's story based, you could probably just do the individual cases. Or do you feel like <laughs> from? I guess you've only really done the tutorial as well. Um, there is so there's one of them is set in London. Um, three of the and they build up to an overarching story, like a mini campaign. Yeah. So maybe it's um, best to play it with the same people for each of them. Yeah, it says those ones. Uh, and then the other three that you get, um, they're one-shots. Okay. They're standalones That's and you could cool. play them. Yeah, so yeah, it's one of those I'm going to see if Anne wants to play and if she says no, then I'll probably play one of the one-shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, looking forward to playing it properly. Makes sense. It cool. Good. I want to. I want to play it. Excellent. I think that is us for stuff we is. Excellent. Um, I don't think there's much news. Uh, there's much news to talk about anything. Uh, there's some stuff, but I think because we're going a bit long, we should probably just skip it. They announced a new Pokemon game. Yes, they did. Two technically, because you know that's what they do. Uh, it, they look good. Um. They have random encounters again, so whatever. Uh, I might skip it. It, it looks nice, though. It's set in a country that looks very similar to the UK. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Good old Pokemon Brexit. Um, <laughs> I... Oh, God, there was another news thing, and I've closed it. But uh, there was probably other stuff. Cool. Fine. Fine. We should do new releases. <laughs> Sorry if you guys. Right, well, sorry if you heard all the bunch of clicking during that last bit. By the way, because I was uh, not buying board games. You were not buying board. No. Games. 
No, I will touch with you. Um... Didn't buy a mystery <laughs> box of board games. Yeah, I've seen those before. <laughs> I didn't put my. Uh, oh, whatever, we'll talk about it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. A quick look at uh, board games. Uh, board games. Yeah, what well, board games are coming? Remember that time we tried to do that, but it turns out the board game release lists are a bit flaky because it depends on where you are. Yes, <laughs> they're, yeah. not, they're not the <laughs> useful thing in the world. No, not at all. So video games, though. Uh, video games, yes. They come so, out exactly on time every single time, and they're complete and everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I go that far. Uh, so looking at stuff that is coming out on. Friday the 8th of March or the week ending Friday the 8th of March uh, coming out on the the 5th of March for the PS4 is Left Alive yes that game looks not great but I want it yeah it's yeah, like it's... that weird stealth game that's set in the I want to say it's in the is it the front mission universe it's the one with the giant it's got giant mechs in it but it's mainly yes. a stealth game, but occasionally you can also get giant mechs. Yeah. But the art is all done by the guy that did the art for Metal Gear Solid, so it all just looks like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. That's why uh, I'm kind of interested in it. We've also got The Occupation coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I don't know what that is. Um, no, I'm not. The next one I am quite sure of is Devil May Cry 5. Never heard of it. Do you mean Devil You've May never Cry heard of... <laughs> Yes, that's the one. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for that game. I've played that demo multiple times and it's fucking good. They made Nero X. more fun to play. He has a <laughs> robot arm now. Woohoo! You know the thing that Dante did in Devil May Cry 3 where he jumped on a rocket and then rode it around? Uh-huh. Nero has a rocket arm now so he can fire his arm out then you can jump on it and ride it around. It's so right. good. Ah, oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> so, uh, what else have we got? We have, uh, I've lost it, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn comes out on the 8th as well uh, for the 3DS. That game's really good. I would have probably bought it if it was coming out on Switch. Yeah, I don't know if it's coming out at one point it probably will. It's, it's only announced for 3DS just now. Yeah. So, looking to see what else I'm looking at. Which? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on the eShop. Yeah, just looking there to see. So, coming out on the 5th, there's quite a few things, so I'll just probably cherry pick. Uh, RBI 19 Baseball. Yeah, baseball. Woohoo. Um, Woohoo. <laughs> Sorry, I think I hit pure. This, <laughs> this one, I'm pretty sure it was a Kickstarter that I quite fancied the look of. 12 is better than 6. Comes out on the 5th. That does look good. It's like a top yeah. down kind of western shootery thing. Yes, yeah. It's, so got a kind pretty... of, it's got a kind of like sketchbooky or like notebooky kind of like white and kind of bluish uh, art style. Yes. It, it looks great. Yeah, that looks really cool. Uh, Hard West also comes out on the 7th. Uh, I'm having a look at seeing what this is. It looks like... I'm not too sure. 
Uh, oh, it's uh, some sort of tactical thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> the cover. Lo- the cover looks good. It is um, good. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else oh, is God, there. I should have opened the trailer. <laughs> Monument Builders Rushmore. Yeah, There's that looks for- like a mobile game. <laughs> yes, it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, the one actually interesting thing, yeah, is probably Assault Android Cactus because that game was very good, right? I don't know if I'd buy it again, but it's a very good kind of dual joystick, sure. Oh, cool! And uh, I think the last one that I saw was Paperbound Brawlers. Which has a really cool looking thumbnail. Um, Interesting. It seems to be be a gravity ninja between one players run (laughs) run with scissors, walk on walls, and lob ink bombs. Run with scissors is the game I always wanted. (laughs) Games exist to allow us to do things we can't do in real life, like run with scissors. Yeah, it's, it's all fun and time. games. <laughs> it's all fun and games until somebody loses foot. But if it's in a video game, it's still all fun and games. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think that is it for the new release. I don't think there's anything else. Anything else missing or anything else you so. know of? It seems like it seems like it's, I was gonna say a quiet week, but Devil May Cry Five's coming. Out. It's, it's not the busiest week, but Devil May Cry Five is a big one. Yeah, it's one of those we were talking about it and said I was I was getting geared up for Dead or Alive 6 coming and you said, no, you weren't going to do that one because uh, Devil May Cry was coming out. And I was like, fair enough, we can, um, you know, I, I can talk about Dead or Alive for okay, <laughs> gives us something to talk about and then you can talk about Devil May Cry. So. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for that game. Excellent. So I think that's us. Uh, if you have any comments, complaints, or letters, or anything you want to send us, you can get a hold of us at uh, sending us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. You can find us on Facebook, searching for Glitch Free Gaming. Um, and we have a Twitter at Glitch Free Game. That's the one that always confuses me. Yeah. Uh, you can just go to the website and have a look at some of our reviews and stuff we've got there, www.glitchfreegaming.com. And we have our YouTube, which Kieran is busy updating at the moment and has updated with our Game of the Year videos and stuff. Yes, and all of our Game of the Years are up there, except for Ben's, but it will be eventually. It will be, yes. And how do they find us on that? youtube.com slash user slash glitch free game woohoo go watch our game of the year stuff it's all up there Um, it took me a while to do I think they're good yeah I think they're better probably slightly better than last year I've learned stuff since then but yeah they're fun it was fun to do (laughs) oh I do more video stuff we should, yeah. Um, so that what we what we want you to do 
get a big, large envelope from your house, fill it with cash, and send it to <laughs> us. Someone make a Patreon page for us, and then send the money so I can quit my job and make videos full time. Um, yeah, we we can't be bothered to do all of this, so you set up the Kickstarter for us. Please just do it. Just, I'll give you my bank details. Just ask, and I'll give you my bank details. I'm not really fussed about it. Speaking of which, that Nigeria never came back to us. He never came back to us. I sent him all that money. He said that it would unlock the money that he would send back to me. Oh, oh. bugger! Any day now. Any day now. <laughs> On that note, we will speak to you again soon. So, see you later. See ya.